Welcome everybody to Kingdom Talks. I've got Daniel, David, I am with me, and we're going to get to know each other in front of all you people, so just uh, stick around. He's got a great story and uh, some music that he's releasing soon. Actually, it's already released, but we're going to share a piece of that with you as well. So just a thank you to all of the viewers out there who are supporting us. We so appreciate each and every one of you. This is listener supported. We can't do this without your support and uh, you're helping us get the message out. And this is a great message to share with the world of what uh, this next age is bringing. So blessings to all of you and thank you. All right, so let's dive in. Daniel, welcome to the show. Yes. Blessings to you. How is it going? Good, man. Good. This is a long time coming. When you guys first started, um, I was kind of on my way out of this type of platform. Uh, I know you've had Truthseek on before, but uh, I used to co-host shows with him like years back. We was kind of doing this style oh, really? format about eight, nine, ten years ago um very there wasn't very many people having these conversations back then yeah and uh, i did that with him in several different seasons and then i was kind of like on my way out of stuff <clears throat> i moved to an island in the middle of central america to just kind of start building a farm and stuff and when i when i was kind of on my way out i seen you start coming onto the scene and kind of bringing it more mainstream kind of opening up a bigger um field and audience in the body of Christ to this, these type of conversations. And uh, now that concept and that style platform is really um, expanded. A lot of people are having these conversations and these style shows and stuff. So I've, I've been watching you from a distance for a couple of years. And then, um, and then Truthseeker, when we finally, we reconnected recently at Kirby's five day. And uh, he was asking, he's like, have, have you been on gills? I was like, nah, but I've, I've thought about it for a little while. He's like, you need to start getting back out there and hit hit up Gil and hit up um, Michael Basham and a couple of different friends yeah. of ours yeah. who do similar style shows. And I was like waiting for the music to come out. And then I'm like, okay, now I'm going to start kind of circulating and get back out and communicate with people. So, Daniel, tell everybody a little bit about your background because uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are watching that probably have not uh, heard you or connected with you yet. So this is their first opportunity. So how about a little background and, and and how you got to where you're at today? Cool. So I was born into ministry. My grandfather was a, a pretty radical pastor in New York. Um, I was four years old with a three-piece suit preaching on the pulpit. <laughs> and uh, but I, I so I knew about the supernatural from a really early age, but I also got programmed with a lot of religion. Yeah. You know. Um, and so it was, it was always a never good enough, you know, standard of holiness. And, uh, you know, this idea, a lot of rapture stuff in, in there. And just this idea of, even though I believe in Jesus, um, if I was to die today and maybe right. I'm in sin or something, I don't have security of where I'm actually going. So as a young person, it was really torment. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I was showing all the left behind films and all this stuff. And, and I was kind of the black sheep of my family. I'm the oldest of six. And so high school, you know, I was kind of exploring. I, I really wasn't that bad compared to my friends. But because I was kind of the black sheep and got in trouble a lot of stuff, I'd come home many a times and there was nobody in the house. And I freak out thinking I got left behind. Oh, wow. You know? And 
that's traumatizing. Yeah. You know, to go through that experience and, and it, what it's really doing, we can't tell at that moment, but now where we're at now understanding, you know, this dynamic of reflection and projection and stuff, you're experiencing what you actually believe in your heart yeah, about yourself and yeah. about God and all that. And you're projecting your beliefs and you're actually experiencing and relating to the projection of your heart. And, and it's a trap. And that's yeah. what religion does. It traps us in this system of beliefs about ourselves and about God. And we project that system around us and we actually have an interactive experience that feels so real. But the whole time I'm coming more and more to realize that it was an unconscious projection of what we believe. And uh, it was torment for me. And I, I just felt like uh, if I'm, if I'm going to go to hell anyway, I might as well go out into the world and live it up and experience it. Like I haven't been allowed to do anything. I might as well go try it all and roll the dice, you know? Yeah. And so yeah. at 18, I left home. I hit the streets. I, I, I got involved in drug culture and selling. Um, just a crazy lifestyle. Um, I went, everything from pills to coke to ecstasy to methamphetamine for a few years. Um, skin and bones, sleeping once every five, six days. And, uh, and finally, I got locked up. I was in and out of jail. I got locked up, um, and I found this book by Andrew Murray. It's a classic Christian author. My, and uh, it's actually one of my grandmother's favorite authors, and she was the last bridge I didn't burn, and she was still coming to visit me. So I know she kind of, like, must have prayed that in, you know. I went to the, to the jail library, and it was just a little cart with, like, three rows of books. And I just happened to see this one book. It was called Absolute Surrender. And I'm like, let me get that. I'm going to read that. And uh, I remember being in my jail cell. It was probably over the course of about two or three days that I read this book. And um, it was about the grace and the love of God hmm. and about how you can't earn it. It's not something that you can earn or need to earn. It's, it's who he is and that he already perfectly loves you because that's who he is. And, uh, and so I just kept gobbling it up. And as I and I had a lot of hate in my heart at that time, it was it was self hate, really. It was because I, I didn't my self worth was very low because of what I believed about myself because of religion. And I remember hearing things today. Honestly, it blows my mind today when I think back to the things that we used to hear and 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 think and repeat. But and it also it makes me righteously angry and also very sad because I know there's still millions and maybe billions of people that are out there still in yeah. that. And yeah. I remember hearing things about like the holiness of God and, and that God's perfect holiness, he can't even look at you, you know what I mean, in your sinful state because no sin can exist in God's presence. So he can't he even look at you without yeah. Jesus. And, and it would make me feel like that, like I'm this low, worthless, you know, scum that God can't even look at because of my sin. But that very belief was actually the sin in me keeping me from ever being able to approach the always loving God, you know? And so this book, it broke through, it broke through the barriers of this system of belief that kept me not only really self-hating myself, but then in response to that, hating everybody else because I felt like nobody else loved me. I felt like it was all lies, but yeah. I felt like my parents didn't love me. I felt like, you know, some girls had done me wrong. I felt like I was unlovable, unworthy. And this book broke through my beliefs and it, it shined a light. It revealed a God to me that loved me perfectly from the beginning and always did, even though I didn't know it and believe it. 
And I remember receiving that love of God for the first time, believing that I was lovable, believing that I was loved. And it was like, it changed the atmosphere of my jail cell. It was like, it went from black and white to, to color. You know, it was like everything changed the way that I was perceiving things. Now I still had a lot of junk and a lot of garbage to work through, but that changed me because slowly from that day, I began not only believing that I was loved by God, but I began to practice telling other people that I loved them. Yeah. But I couldn't do that before. You know, there, you would never find, a, there's not very many pictures of me in my younger years. And if you did find it, it was probably flipping the bird, you know, cause that was my, that was my mentality. Um, and so after that, I, I, be, I got into church. I started getting real active. I started working. Within a few years, I had a business. I bought a business. I got into ministry. I was on the worship team. Um, and within like two or three years, I was making five figures a month. I was wow. being very blessed. I was tithing a lot. You know, I was started going on mission trips. Um, <laughs> and so during that process of a few years, where I love God, I was radical. I was going to many churches. I was going to Portuguese church. I was going to Pentecostal church. I was in a Baptist church. Um, I was always pursuing more. But at the same time that the world was becoming very attractive to me because before I was, I had nothing to offer. Now I had pockets full of money. I could buy whatever thing I thought of. And at the same time, I was beginning to feel a plateau or a, a void where I was at in church because it was kind of like a Baptist background church. Maybe it was non-denominational, but it came out of a Baptist church. So there really wasn't much talk about Holy Spirit or supernatural, you know, possibilities and connection. But I already kind of knew that was real ever since my childhood. And then even from my drug culture use, I had experiences that was something otherly, you know, other than than this concrete world. And so I I had a desire for the more. I wanted to, and I was really good friends with my pastor, and, and I'm growing to a place, I'm not knocking it. It's not a negative thing where I'm, I'm just recollecting where I was at in my experience. He was like one of my best friends, and I would, wa- I would go to conferences with him, and I would watch his way of study and preparation for giving sermons, and it was for the most part, reading people's books, you know what I mean? And and picking up different principles, maybe sewing them together, and then Sunday he'd come and bam, or we'd go to a conference and then Sunday would come and I'd see him, you know, somebody break a mirror at the conference and demonstrate this thing. And now he's at the pulpit and he breaks the mirror and he's demonstrating this thing. And I'm thinking, I could do that. You know, and there was, there was some ego involved, but it was like, I could do that. Like, I wanna know how to, I wanna know how to hear yeah. God. I want to know how to talk to God, how to communicate with God. And the problem was that I was looking for a man to show me that. Wow. You know, yeah. I, I was looking for a man to show me that because I didn't really see that. I, I think I had feelings in my heart. I started I started seeing emptiness. Like I started doubting. And then I was a part of evangelism stuff. And I remember just certain things people would say. One guy, he was he was a West Indies guy, and he was talking about this awesome Muslim man that he met. And, uh, and that he was a really nice guy. And, this, and I remember this older, good old boy, uh, Baptist elder in the church. And he was like, well, there ain't nothing good about him if he's a Muslim. 
or this or that, or some stereotypical thing, you know, and, and I was just listening, and I was, I was just aware of the fact that I don't know what Muslims even believe. Yeah. I don't know what Muslims believe. What makes them, what makes them, you know, how, how are we judging them? And it was just a lot of different things that made me start realizing I'd catch myself repeating the things that other men were telling me because I trusted them to tell me what was the truth. But as I'm saying these things and repeating these things, I'm realizing in the moment, this is not based upon something that I actually know. This is based upon the fact that I trust these guys that are telling me. Uh-huh. And, and because I realized I don't really know, I started wondering if they actually knew. Right. It's the passing down of the regurgitation from seminary to, you know, student over and over Telephone. and over through centuries. Yeah. And so I began to really start getting this. Uh, what's the word I would use? I don't know. Not not necessarily cynicism, but just like this doubt that started growing in me that made me, you know, I'd start missing Sundays. I'd start going out partying more on Friday night. I just I started caring less. Like, I think it was a un, an unconfronted thing inside of me, or maybe not even noticed what was going on inside of me, but because the church was becoming less and less attractive to me, by default, the world was becoming more and more attractive to me. And uh, I got to this point, I got to this point where I had to confront the fact that I don't, I don't know what I believe anymore. Now, at this point in time, I had a, one of my best friends since high school. He he started out atheist, and I was a very fundamental conservative Christian. And we'd party together and we'd hang out, but we'd have these conversations. He he became agnostic, and I started breaking out of my fundamental conservative views. And we began to pursue awakening together. Like we'd share books, you know, or we was getting audio books and passing them back and forth, and we was kind of coming to this middle place. And so it was awesome to have one friend at least to walk this journey with. Because yeah. I was yeah. I was part of a, a party culture, you know, like nobody, I none of my friends cared about anything. Um, but I had this one friend that we could have talks about anything. We could like really go in. And so I started opening up to like Deepak Chopra and, and just different, just things that were outside the box of Western American Christianity. Yeah. And that made me realize, you know, and, 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 that, and even, even science and all that. And I started opening up to quantum and to different things that really started expanding my awareness into these different fields of perception. And it really made me hyper aware of the fact that, dude, I don't know anything. Yeah. Like I've been contained in a really small box. And I don't even know if that box had any knowledge in it, <laughs> you know, so it was a, it was a really, it was an unsettling thing, but it was also adventurous. But I remember um, at, it was about 14 years ago, I came to this cross in the road. I was, I was messing up and doing some stupid stuff as well, but I came to this cross in the road where I was like, I can't, I can't go back there. Like I have to, it was almost like, a, it was almost like a feeling like Stockholm syndrome, like, like somebody who's kidnapped and they're, and they've, they've been building up to this point where they're going to make a break for it or somebody who's in a jail cell and they're filing mm -hmm. the bars little by little, but you got to wait for the, the exact moment to make a break. You know, I don't know from anybody else looking from the outside, they would be thinking like, what are you talking about? But inside, that's what I was feeling. Yeah. I have to get yeah. out of here. And I, I wrestled with the potential of going to hell, like all these ideas. 
for leaving the church or, or leaving church in general, leaving organized religion. There was all of these programs coming up in me of fear-based, what if I'm wrong? Am I going against God? You know, am, am I, this is heretical blasphemous. Am I stepping on dangerous grounds? And it was actually the word of God that brought comfort to me because even though I was involved in religion, I had had so much word sewn into me throughout the years that I remembered, look, God is my father. I believe the Holy Spirit will lead and guide me into all truth, protect me, comfort me, counsel me, will never leave me or forsake me. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Like all these scriptures would come to me to give me the confidence and boldness that it's God that I'm trusting in and not a system. Yeah. It's God that I'm trusting in and, and not a man. And I was like, look, I've been kind of made to feel afraid of asking questions or have questions. Or if I would question things, you're made to feel like like you're you're just stirring things up or challenging things. You should just believe. And when I finally I said, you know what, I'm not I have questions. I'm not gonna hide the fact I have questions. And if you say you'll lead me and guide me into all truth, then I'm just gonna ask my questions. I'm just gonna be comfortable with the fact I have yeah. questions. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. ask those questions. I'm gonna let you lead. I'm gonna trust that you're gonna lead me to the answers. And that was a box, you know, whoa, because when you start out not really knowing anything and you ask a question, I don't, I'm imagining you're probably, whether you are now or in the past, a researcher like me. When I began to start seeking some answers and looking online, it was like, I will be researching something until I hit a word about something that I didn't know what it was. And I'd say, well, what is that? I'd open another window. You know, I start looking into that. What is that? And I, another word. It's like, dude, for about two years, I had 20 windows that opened at all time. And it was just the rabbit hole of exploring. But it's like a tree. Yeah. You know, it starts out with a single question and then it branches off and then it keeps branching. Keeps, but everything is connected. Everything is connected. And so I went on that um, rabbit hole. And for about two years, I didn't touch a Bible. I had a chip on my shoulder because once I started realizing, you know, we're being lied to, whether it's intentional or not, we're, we're really being kept from the 99.9% of reality. You know what I mean? We're being kept in the sliver. And a lot of people, they're not doing it intentionally. That's why Jesus could say, forgive them for they know not what they do. Yeah. We're just yeah. carrying on the traditions and the customs of our forefathers. Right. You know, and so... In all reality, we don't have the capacity to pass on that which we don't know and have. Right. Yeah. So, but there was a lot of hurt or maybe even anger or frustration, you know, and that's part of it. One, there's a, a verse in the Gospel of Thomas that says, let he who seeks continue to seek until he finds. And when he finds, he will become angry. And when he becomes angry, he'll become perplexed. And then he will rule over the all. So it's like, when you first find out nothing is as it seems, nothing is what I thought it was. It blows your mind, but then you start looking at those who are in charge and are leading and you thought, you believed, you trusted that that they knew or that they were you was you was willfully kind of just following mm -hmm. because you believed that they knew or that they were leading the right way and then you find this whole world around you and behind everything that nobody ever told you about yeah. and everything yeah. feels like it's a deception and then you get angry <laughs> you know what I mean? it's like what because then you see the fact that now you're being broke out but there's billions of people 
still stuck on the other side of that veil and who's going to tell them? Yeah. You know, and so, but then eventually God leads you through this heart journey where you learn to forgive everybody, to forgive everything, to forgive yourself, to have faith, to have hope, to have all that stuff. After you pass through that valley of the shadow of, of darkness, of, of feeling kind of hopeless yeah. at times. But uh, anyway, to fast forward, you know, that was 14 years ago. And um, after about two or three years, you know, I pulled the, a lot of this stuff that's come out, you know, since Trump got in office, it's, it's a beautiful thing because, you know, at first it was a little aggravating to me because when I came back, my parents were like, did you know that there's a deep state? And people were saying, I'm like, I told you that 10 years ago. <laughs> but at the same time, I was like, it doesn't matter. Cool. People are waking up to the fact of what's really been going on with our governments, what's really been going on with birth certificates and all these different kind of things. Um, but I actually left the United States almost 12 years ago because of finding out a lot of different stuff. And, and every time I would bring it up to anybody, either I was made to feel like I'm crazy hmm. or people just didn't care and they didn't want to know about it. They didn't want to be bothered by it. They was just living their life. Yeah. And I was yeah. just like, to me, that one was almost more frustrating um, than the people who just thought I was crazy. The fact that people would hear and they're like, I, I don't care about none of that. Like, I, I, So it's like choosing you know, I, in some parts, like, well, what can I do about it? It doesn't matter. But at the end of the day, well, what about our kids and our kids' kids and our kids' kids? Like, if somebody doesn't decide, I care. Yeah. Then it won't change. And Right. And, um, well, go ahead. Well, so, Daniel, you know, I, I'm a lot of similarities in your story to mine in some cases, but um, I didn't grow up in the church. But just the idea of, you know, flowing through this whole system of Christianity and then coming to the place where you, you know, you had this realization and awareness of, uh, well, not everything is, 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 as it seems, but yet you, you've, I'm, I'm assuming too, you, you've dabbled, you've studied, you've looked into other religions and yet Everything. you've come back to this place of Yahweh, Yeshua and Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, what, what are, what are some of the things that drew you back to, Yahweh, Yeshua, and Holy Spirit. I'm I'm just curious because that's it's been my journey too, and I'm just like, there's nothing, no others that make more sense than this. But yeah, what was your take? Well, I never, I never left Jesus. You know, I was baptized at eight. I, at that point in my life, that meant Jesus was Lord and He died for my sins. Um, but. I, I'm always grateful that the seeds of God and Jesus were sown into me at that young age, regardless of yeah. if religion came along with it. There was always a concept in my reality, in, in my relating to the world around me, that Jesus is and that God is. And uh, so when I, when I left the church, I went on a period of about two years where I didn't open the Bible. And I was like, you know what? I've heard that my whole life, and that's all I know. I want to know what other people think and what other people believe. And I became, um, I, I looked into the Eastern religion. Well, first I went science, then I looked into the Eastern religions. I got into the occult, not practicing witchcraft, but to understand what is the hidden knowledge, you know, what is the occult information? Occult means hidden in Spanish yeah. and Latin languages. It just means hidden. 
And it's hidden on purpose because it's the actual mechanics of mind and spirit. And that's how the people that are in control keep control over us. The Bible says my people perish for lack of knowledge. So they keep it hidden from us so that we do not know. So that basically we're as good as dead in those realms because we have no knowledge. Yet they know how our mind and spirit works. So they know how to provoke and manipulate, you know, our experience. Um, so when I, when I got on that trail for about two years, the Eastern religions, the occult, and the secret societies and brotherhoods that run the world, there was a common thread in all of it, and it was symbolism. It was the conveying of wisdom through symbols instead of words. Mm -hmm. Everywhere I looked, it was, you know, ancient site. People didn't have books in their house. Yeah. There was temples and there were statues and there was images and symbols. And in symbols, <clears throat> I have tattoos all over my body, in symbols are contained concepts and ideas right. and archetypes. And uh, I really explored that a lot. And, and I didn't know at the time what it was doing is it was rewiring the chemistry of my brain to really activate the right side of my brain, which is creativity and, and art, artistry and imagery and getting me out of that left side analytical crunching numbers and crunching information and words. And it began to make me process information in a different way. It made me prioritize thinking about what this is trying to say, you know, trying to extract the meaning out of things. And if you look at Jesus, that's how he taught. It says he always taught in parables. He was always saying the kingdom is like, it's like, yeah. it's kind of yeah. like this. It's yeah. like a sower in a field. It's like a woman looking for a coin. It's like a fish. It's like, mm -hmm. so he was painting pictures, but he was trying to convey some kind of spiritual meaning through a picture. The right. book of Proverbs right. starts out. It says this book is good for training up young men to learn the sayings of the wise, riddles, dark speech, secret meanings, how to extract wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And that's how priesthoods communicated. And when you go anywhere, whether it was the Israelite priesthood in, in the wilderness, the Egyptian priesthoods where Moses was trained, that's what priests do. They use symbols to convey invisible spiritual realities. And so when I went back, um, so when I left America, I was saying to God, I said, look, because I watched this movie Zeitgeist, and it messed me up early in my journey. A lot of people that I meet, they had the same exact experience. Zeitgeist was a very pivotal thing in my journey. It's interesting to watch, but I just tell people, you know, if you go watch it, just know and understand there's a certain, there's a certain, there's a certain perverted effect that can happen through the movie. It shows you the truth about the Federal Reserve and the financial system. I didn't know nothing about that. I was like, what? It shows you about 9-11. I was like, what? And then at the end, it shows you about world religions. And I didn't know anything about any other religion, but it, it basically frames it up that all world religions are sun cults. And that confused me a lot. Now, I don't believe that um, because Jesus is different, because Jesus reveals the creator of the stars. Jesus reveals the creator of all reality. Yeah. But it was framed up to pose Jesus just as another sun religion. And it threw a real wrench in my system because I didn't know anything about any other religions and it made me start questioning. So when I left America, I was like, you know what, God? I don't even know what I believe about Jesus anymore. I don't know if he was a real man. I don't know if it's just a good teaching. I don't know if it's a control mechanism. But one, the only thing that I absolutely know and I cannot walk away from is that you are love. Because that's what changed my life in jail. 
And so I'm not going to throw that out. I'm going to have to stick with what I know. And I'm going to say, all I want to know right now is how to give and receive your love more. And then anything else you want to, you want me to know, you're going to have to reveal it directly to me because I don't trust any man to teach me right now. I don't want to hear what anybody got to say. You need to walk me into this experience. And, and I just want to focus on your love right now. And uh, he walked me, he took me through Central America. He took me to an orphanage. I stayed for three months with this house of little boys. They didn't speak English. I didn't speak Spanish. And mm. they unconditionally loved me. They were all over uh, me. They would just hug me and they would just, mm. and it was so awkward for me at that time because in America, the biggest show at that time was to catch a predator. And it was this big move, Chris Hansen, this big move into the forefront of consciousness of society to fear of predators and everywhere you look, you know, molesting children and this and that. And it went from being like one day a week, it was a hit show, it went to two or three days a week. It was everywhere. And people started really having this mindset of fearful looking everywhere you go, you know, <laughs> over, uh, being overprotective. And so when I was down there, these kids were all over me. I was like, is this weird? Are people gonna think I'm a weirdo? You know, is it? and God was like breaking me through those. He's like, you asked me that you wanted to learn how to give and receive my love right now, right? I said, yeah. He said, well, these kids are trying to love you. Are you going to receive it? Mm -hmm. I said, yeah. He said, these kids need love. Are you going to give it? I said, yeah. And so I spent this three months just learning how to, without thought, without caring about thinking about anything, how to just give and receive, you know, God's love. And, uh, and then I wound up in this indigenous village a few hours from there, instantly falling in love with certain very poor families from there. I left everything in the States to move there and to try to help these street kids. And I told God, I'm not going to teach them anything spiritual. I'll teach them English. I'll feed them. I'll clothe them. But I'm not going to just teach them what other people think I should teach them if I don't know, because that's what was done to me. Yeah. And when you show me and you tell me and you confirm to me, I'll share that. But until then, I'm not doing that. And then after about a year, one of the fathers of, of several of the kids, he saw me. I had 30, 40 kids every day coming to my apartment, waking up in the morning, and, and I would do classes with him and stuff. And he was like, I see you all alone, and, and I know you need some help. I would like to help out. And I, what, what would you think about me doing a Bible study with the kids? And I was like, yeah, man, I'd be cool with that. I'd be cool with that. And he began to come, and I'd just stand in the doorway listening. You know, and he'd be teaching the kids basic Bible stuff, and I'd just be listening. I was just, and then slowly there was this draw in my heart to get back to the Bible for myself. And um, and I'd start at night opening the Bible for myself. But when I, from that time that I opened the Bible, the way that I viewed it and read it was completely different. Yeah. Because all I could see was images. All I could see was symbols and allegory, you know, because I had already yep. immersed myself in that. And when I went and opened the Bible back up, I was like, oh, my God, you know, these people represent things. and These stories represent things. And I began to get this mirror that the Bible was a mirror to me. Like I began to view the Bible and I would open it. It's a mirror to me because everything on those pages is what's inside of me. And Jesus said that he said that the kingdom is inside. And uh, these stories, I would begin to see these stories as revelations of consciousness, revelations of soul and spirit, revelations of how words work and just all this different stuff. I began to to see it in a new way. And I began to see sonship. I began to see oneness. 
I began to see a lot of things that I, I, I had not heard before. Yeah. Um, and it, at first I was like wondering, am I going crazy? You know what I mean? Cause I was like, it was all keeping to myself. I was just in my apartment every night and I'm getting to the word and I'm dissecting it. Um, but I began every day on Facebook for going on 12 years. I have just shared my journey where I'm currently at. Sometimes I've went way off to the left. Sometimes I come back to the way only Jesus. And, you know, there's always that middle ground that he, he brings me back to. Um, and I've shared every single day just where I'm at. And so by doing that, eight, nine years ago, right before I met Truth Seeker, uh, maybe about 10 years ago, over the course of about a year, there was a whole growing group of people that we re really began to awaken to our oneness with Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. inseparability yeah. of being one with Jesus Christ. Well, and you know, I, I went through a similar thing because when I came out of uh, pastoring in a specific denomination, I was so disillusioned uh, that, you know, and every time I picked up my Bible, all I could see was what I was taught. And it was so frustrating. So I literally stopped. I didn't study my Bible for nearly five years. I, you know, I would pick it up and read from it, you know, occasionally here or there. But every time I did, I always had those particular denominational glasses on right and it is so freeing because after five years i was able to pick it up and start seeing the new stuff and you know one of the things i think is so important is that we manage to find some pliability and some flexibility in our spiritual and what we think we know and our spiritual understanding and apply different glasses because yeah. um i just i just did an interview with somebody yesterday and, and i had um, just driving to the gym just this moment of clarity where father just downloaded something to me and I'm like, wow, that would be so cool. And the idea was just, if we could strip away all religion, every belief system in the world, and then just come back with three words, God is love. Come on. Let's start there. Yep. Let's start building our understanding of who he is from that perspective, rather than all the garbled up junk that's been thrown in the mix. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really... It's just really wild how the matrix works, you know, because it's yeah. made out of words. And what the one main thing that I really, uh, you know, there's a few, everybody's carrying a different portion. Everybody's carrying a different piece to the puzzle. The word is multidimensional. So like you're saying, you got to have flexibility and pliability because the same passage can simultaneously mean four Absolutely. or five different things perfectly equally as valid. Um, but so for me, there's certain things that he highlights at least in seasons of my journey, that this is really important for people to understand right now. And over the last year, I'd say one of the main things that I, I repeat continually and continually is you cannot see past your beliefs. Right. What right. you believe dictates what you will perceive and what you believe is made up out of words. And so what the word is supposed to do, it's supposed to awaken you to becoming hyper sensitive and aware of your words yeah it's to make you become aware of every word you speak because abracadabra what you speak you create and you're creating a belief system with your words with your agreements and you don't know that you're constructing some you're constructing a world around you with your word yeah and, yeah. and you everybody thinks they're so sure of what things are because they see it but you what you don't <laughs> understand is what you're seeing 
is really just a reflection of your heart bouncing off the world to you. You're just seeing what you believe everything is. Yeah. And what you believe, what you perceive is, is what you believe. And so the word, you know, we call the Bible the word of God. It's really to make you become aware of the word in you. Because that's the living word. That's the creative, you know, element in reality. It's the word in you, and you're creating your experience by the words you're speaking and agreeing. And and I do believe there's, you know, something that I've learned, and I and I hold to it very strongly, and that is to hold everything loosely. <laughs> it's the one thing I hold on to strongly is hold it loosely. Um, yeah. Just because if it, it helps us keep that pliability and that flexibility because... Once we begin to think that we know something, we just became unteachable. And yeah. so just to hold things loosely uh, is hard for a lot of people because so many people in this world right now, they're, 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 they're striving for certainty. And if they can't have that certainty, they feel like their world is falling apart. And then they move into fear and then they move into control and you got the whole cycle started all over again. But yeah. when we can get used to the place of uncertainty and holding things loosely and trusting and having faith that our God is a loving God and that he has your best in mind, it begins to change everything. And we begin to move in, in a different way. And we begin to look at each other in terms of, wow, I love the difference between you and me <laughs> yeah. rather than me Kirby, trying to make you like me. <laughs> Kirby, uh, he, he has this. One of the main things that he's continually doing right now in his community, it's a meditation called Tohu Wabohu, going into the void, to the formless void. Um, and it's basically, you know, closing your eyes and going within and, and going beyond the thoughts, going beyond the emotions, going into that still place because that's the real. You know, everything else seems like it's real, but it's actually a creation. And uh, when you were saying that, like, about staying flexible and pliable, Really, the only thing that you can really, really come to know is God, yeah. is the love of God. Everything else is thinking. It's putting things into words and having beliefs and all of that. And uh, Jesus said, this is eternal life to know God and believe in the one he sent, Jesus Christ. Yeah. So Jesus Christ was actually sent into this world to teach you how to be in the world, but not of it, and how you can release it and release what you think and what you believe and all that and go within and know God. Yeah. And that, that was real freedom. And like you said, God is love. Right. It, it's so simple that we, we make things so complex. Um, like I said, when I first got to Honduras, that's what I was saying. Only thing that I know is that you are love. That's the only thing that I know for sure. And whatever you want me to know. And over those years since then, trust me, I've built up many different belief systems and had to break them back down. Right. And right. The next season, oh, now I know the truth. And you break it up, you got to break it back down. And yeah. it's just a part yeah. of it. So I, you know, for me, I guess the one thing I'm, I, 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 I guess I, I even have a little bit of a hard time saying that I know God. I'm getting to know Him, but I'm constantly shifting in what I understand about Him. And it, it, yeah. I think the I posted something on Facebook, maybe a couple months ago. Nothing, nothing profound, but it, but it just it helps keeps things in perspective. And I, I, I said the one thing that I know that I know is that I could be wrong. <laughs> yeah and just that you know if we could all be in that place where we just 
understand with humility that I could be wrong. So I'm interested in hearing what you have to say. I might not agree with it, but at least yeah. I want to hear it because maybe something that you say will shift me in my thinking of where I'm at now. Yeah. And it shifts me for the better. Uh, if it shifts us for the wrong, then again, that comes back to trusting and having faith. The Father will bring you into all truth. God will bring you into all truth. So if it's wrong, that'll fall away and you'll be back on track. And it's, yeah. it's nothing to worry about. He will guide us. If we're, act, if we're actually searching for his heart, he will guide us. Yeah. One thing I listen, I listen to what everybody else's experience about God is. I shared on this yesterday. It's like, I, you know, I find myself at times listening to other people and or thinking, trying to align with what they're saying. But when I'm really in my flow and in my freedom, I don't care what anybody else's experience with God is. I don't, that's theirs. Right. And what's important to me is mine. So when I talk about God or knowing God, it's not so much about a personality or, you know, like hanging out with a friend and the way that I perceive God as a personality is the truth, because every one of us are filtering it through our own yep. thing. Yep. What I, For me, what knowing God is, is what's revealed through the word about love. Yeah. And it's something that can be tested and proven. Yeah. So you know, love covers a multitude of sins, um, you know, about this unchanging nature of God, that this thing that does not change and that I can't be separated from that love. There's certain, you know, I use the word to frame up a pathway. Jesus said, I am the way. I use the word to frame up a way for me to walk into an experience and engage in experience of revelation that's beyond words but then when I come back out into this world that I can apply and practice and witness that it's true. Yeah. You know, so if I have a revelation yeah. of love of the divine nature of, of God and how, how God is revealed to me through Jesus, forgive them father for they know not what they do, man. I've been through a lot of situations and been able to, in the moment of feeling completely um, betrayed or abandoned or, or confused or lost in a moment of remembrance that be able to join him on that cross and speak the exact same word and in a moment have a release of all those feelings in a moment be able to come immediately back into peace so so those things they're not beliefs they're testimonies of of an actual experience of that this love is true you know what what Jesus revealed is true what Jesus is revealing to us through word and image about the love of God. Yeah, it's yeah. true. And uh, so when I when I talk about uh, knowing God, for me, it's it's knowing the reality of that love. Yeah, being yeah. the most high thing that cannot be overcome that even overcomes the fear of death, it overcomes, there's nothing when you're truly in that flow and in that in that moment of being one with that love, you know, that that's the only real reality. I agree. I agree. Hey, I'm looking at the time and realizing we're running out of it. And um, I want to make sure that we share a little bit of your music and talk cool. about your album. And cool. uh, let's do that right after this quick break. Okay. We'll be okay. right back. Hey there, thank you for joining Kingdom Talks. We want to take a short break to share with you the life-changing online course called Ultimate Impact. Gil and Adina do an amazing job taking the complicated and making it simple and applicable for your life. Ecclesia groups around the world are using this course to shift into Kingdom Age thinking. 
you're ready to step into what Father is doing now, then this course is for you. Sign up today at KingdomTalksMedia.com under the Online Classes tab. Now, back to the show. All right, I'm back with Daniel. Um, Daniel, you've got a new album that's coming out. It's called Rain. That's the title of what we're doing, uh, the show here. So tell me a little bit about the album, and then I'm going to play one of the songs off of there from YouTube. Okay, cool. So eight or nine years ago, like I've produced music for other people for a couple of decades, um, but I hated my voice. I tried to record my voice a few times and it made me cringe, even just self-doubt and stuff. But eight or nine years ago, um, I was led to record a few rap songs and, you know, the response to it was very good. And so I was like, wow, I can do that. Like God can, God can shift, you know, the way you view yourself and the way it just gives you confidence. Yeah. And so I made this album, it was called reprogramming minds. And it was just kind of a personal thing that I gave out, but a lot of testimonies about it changing uh, people's lives at that time. And then I didn't do anything else with music for many years. And, uh, and I'm in a totally, you know, in a new place, but about two years ago, closing in on two years ago, out of the blue, wasn't even planned on it. I was visiting an old friend with my son and uh, Holy Spirit started speaking to me and telling me, pick up your phone, go to YouTube, tell me something to type in, in folk music, something about folk music. I was like, what? And I go and I pick up the phone. I type in what I was told. My friend walks in the other room. I walk out back and I play on this Bluetooth speaker, this, this instrumental. And I just, boom, I get this download of a song it's called Victor, and it was just it was just powerful. I just began to walk around worshiping God, and I knew it in an instant. I knew it was a song. I was shown that it was going to get picked up um, in some type of thing, a movie or a TV show or something. I was shown a whole blueprint of what to do with it, how to release the vocals to, to, to be remixed by many DJs of many genres, and it was weird. It was like I was and, – and COVID was just about to hit in a few months, but nobody knew at that time. And so I was like, I did it live. Many people was crying and responding. I did it the next day with the chorus. Within two days, a producer recorded the whole thing for me for free in the studio. That night I sent it out to a people. people. A video producer called me in the morning crying from Canada. He's like, I wanna produce this song. And uh, this whole journey, I, every day I show where we're at live. So we went to Canada, we produced the video. They didn't let me into the country because of my uh, criminal history. I witnessed miracles happen on that to crack the legal system and to let me in for three days to do the video and, and back out. And uh, that began this journey of this song. And that's all it was for a while, but I had this really nice professional video that even the video is very symbolic. There's a lot of imagery. And then, um, and then the same thing kind of happened last November. I was in the States touring, doing some house meetings and stuff. I tried to get home and I got stuck in quarantine with a few COVID results, never had a symptom or anything. And I was stuck in this hotel and I, I was listening to Kirby preaching for a couple of days and boom, I get this other download of a song. I'm sharing it live. Listen to this song I'm sharing. It's called Glory Into Me, which that's the one that we'll watch in a minute. And um, it's just been this thing where I've been sharing my journey with people. I didn't know where it was going. But a few months ago, I was in Honduras and I recorded the third single. It's called I Love My Life. 
shot a video there and I had this conversation with God in a in a house just this empty block house and I had a lot of different things I want to do and accomplish and I was and I heard him say if you could do anything right now without don't rationalize it or try to think too much if you could be doing anything right now what would you what would you want to do and I start trying to think he's like don't think just what would you do right now if you could do anything I said I guess I'd make music and travel the world and, and awaken the nations to our oneness and he was like well then believe that's already your life and I said okay and I just decided in that moment I was going to put everything else to the side and I was going to focus on this one thing and I was like well I don't have an album or anything I only have a couple singles so I need something to present people you know and I, the next day on Facebook I made an announcement I said you know what I'm walking away from the concept of ministry to to resurrect the inner child in me that believes in anything. And I'm just going to follow my dreams. And I'm a multilingual international music artist traveling the nations, awakening them to our oneness with God, whether there's evidence for that or not yet. I'm declaring that that's what I'm doing. And within like days, within days, doors started opening, invitations, opportunities, Within just a few weeks, and 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 I had dedicated Gloria to me to Kirby and Fiona. I had never communicated with them. They just I've been following them on and off for 10 years, and uh, they've impacted me a lot. All of a sudden, you know, all these doors started opening. Within a few weeks, they came to the states for a conference. I wound up being in the states. I went to the conference. They invited me to. They let me perform at the conference, and uh, it's just a ride. And so I've been focusing the last several months on putting this album together. It's a lot of songs that I've written just for my personal worshiping over the last year, year and a half. It's powerful. It's it's a group of songs all packed with revelation of our, because I got, worship music had become irrelevant to me because I could no longer agree with most of the stuff that they were talking about. Come, yeah. give me a touch. I need more. It's like, no, I already, he's already given me all things. We are one and inseparable. Um, and so I decided to give the body of Christ, those who are on that frontline sonship, moving into oneness, give them something, you know, that they can sing and that they can agree with and proclaim. And that's what the album Rain is. It just came out on iTunes and Spotify and all platforms. And it's getting a lot of feedback. All my mentors and the people that I really respect and honor are letting me know it's something brand new. And that's, I hope to inspire other musicians and other artists to think about worship from a new angle, you know, yeah. we are there and not, uh, we're trying to get there. Being praising God from the fact that we are, we have everything we need for life and godliness. We have every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. And as he is in heaven, we are, and we are the sons of God. And we are here to manifest that revelation and to rule and reign in this earth. Amen, amen. All right, so we'll go ahead and play this video. It's about a little over five minutes. Glory into me. All right, here we go. I'm waking up, 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 I'
All right, so I'm back with Daniel. Daniel, that's awesome. I, um, I do you have other videos out there as well? Yeah, I've got a couple. I've got a three singles: Victor, Glory Into Me, and I Love My Life. You can find them all on my YouTube channel, Daniel David I Am. And uh, so, yeah, basically, right now, YouTube, you can find my videos, and then on all platforms now, the album. Is available awesome awesome well we'll have those links in the notes for anybody who's watching uh, that uh, they can just uh, click on those links to go to either your YouTube channels or wherever you want them to go to so Daniel you get go ahead and, and tell us and then we'll also put it in the notes as well tell you what are the links yeah tell us what the links are mm -hmm. okay so you can go to Spotify iTunes anywhere that you can download stuff um, Anywhere you can download music, Daniel David, I am. Maybe you can want to search for the album Rain, but you can just search my uh, artist name. You can find me on Facebook. I really focus, uh, communicate mostly on Facebook. All right. Um, you can email me at danieldavidim at gmail.com. Um, if you're interested in shows, appearances, or anything like that. And uh, I'm a message away. If anybody wants to just message me and communicate um, through Facebook, through Messenger. All right. Well, very good. And Daniel, thank you for being on here. Um, just, it's been an honor and a blessing. Uh, I'm just honored in getting to know you. And the blessing that you carry is awesome and it is going out to the world. So thank you for being on here. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Appreciate you inviting me. All right. Well, to our listeners, just again, thank you for your support. Um, if you would like to become a partner, go to kingdomtalksmedia.com and uh, check out the giving section and you can uh, become a partner there. We're going to do a behind the scenes section. So if you want to see that, you can also go to the website, kingdomtalksmedia.com. Look for the behind the scenes tab and um, that'll give you the instructions to get on the behind the scenes where you can see uh, the section for the members. So blessings to everyone. Thank you all. And again, thank you, Daniel. And we will see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for taking time out to listen to Kingdom Talks. You can find out more about Kingdom Talks Media and our mission to unite in faith and grow as mature sons at kingdomtalksmedia.com. Please continue to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, Spreaker, Spotify, iTunes, Fringe Radio Network, and many more places. Go to our website to find links to all of our media outlets, as well as fantastic online courses and conferences, including the life-changing interactive course, Ultimate Impact. And last but not least, we ask that you consider partnering with us to fulfill the mission to get these messages to the world. To become a partner, 
go to the Partnership tab on our website. Thank you, and until next time, live a blessed life and keep carrying us in your heart and sharing us wherever hearts are open.